We have been working our way through the book of Matthew and are to be in uh, Matthew chapter 12 this morning, but I would like to back up just a little bit to give some context uh, for what's going on in the book of Matthew. And so I'm going to back up uh, all the way back to Isaiah, uh, which is maybe several hundred years before the book of Matthew. But if you would turn to Isaiah chapter 40, I've been told that when I put large sections of Scripture on the screen, it's really hard to read. So if you have a Bible uh, in front of you, uh, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 40 or pull out your phone. I, I won't judge you if you have your Bible on your phone and you want to pull up uh, Isaiah 40, or if you need a Bible, we've got some on the resource table in the back, but it's going to be easier for you to follow through because we are going to be looking at some large sections of, of Scripture. Uh, we're going to start, though, in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 18, where the Lord is um, proclaiming through His prophet Isaiah, look, this is who I am. I want you to know who I am. And so in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 18, it says this, To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with Him? An idol? A craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts it for silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering seeks, chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. To whom then will you compare me? This is now verse 25. Whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. Who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. So God is calling, he's saying, look, who would you compare with me? Who would you compare with me? Is there another God that compares with me? Is there an idol? You worship these idols, and what happens with those idols? You take gold, and you form it, and you make an idol, and you, you make it out of uh, silver chains that you can put over the idol and give to your idol as a, an offering. And those who are too poor to give their idols offering, they instead, and too poor to uh, set up golden idols, will instead um, bake one out of wood. They, they pick a, a wood that's long-lasting. This is going to last for a very long time, and then they have a skillful craft craft them an idol out of wood so that this will last a long time. Are we comparing me, he says? Are we comparing me to idols? L look up. Look. What, what do you see? At night, when you look up, what, what do you see? You see those stars. You see those stars. The whole host of stars in the heavens. Who, who else knows them all by name? Who put them there? Who knows each star and keeps them all there? To whom then will you compare me? He says in verse 25 of Isaiah 40. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him? Says the Holy One, the set-apart one, the one that has no equal. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created all of this, who brings out the host by their number and calls them by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. You look at the stars, he knows them all by name, he brought them all out, and none of them are missing. 
because he is the God of the universe. Why then do you say, verse 27, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. Now, many of you are very familiar with those last couple of verses, and you cling to that, but did you know the context for this? Where God is saying, I am so great, so strong, so mighty, there is none who compares to me. I am the Lord of heaven and earth. I have created everything and sustain everything. I never tire. I never tire. I never faint. I never grow weary. Can any of you identify with that? You never get tired and you never get weary? He says, I don't. I don't. I am the everlasting, eternal God, the creator of the ends of the earth, whose understanding is unsearchable. There is none who compares to him. None who compares to him. So then you go on to, ver to uh, chapter 41, and it says, Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us draw together, uh, together draw near for judgment. He says, look, okay, so when we say coastlands here, let me just g give you a, a, a tip. When he says coastlands, he's talking about uh, not Jewish people, okay? He's talking about the, the other people, the, the Gentile people, the nations. We, we could Im, Im, uh, insert a, a bunch of words like that, but he's talking about peoples all over the world, okay? So, listen to... Did I drop? Okay. Listen to me, O peoples all over the world. Let peoples renew their strength and let them approach and let us let you draw near for judgment. He's, he's, Isaiah chapter 40 established who he is, that he has no equal, there is no one like him. And then he said, okay, now everybody come. Now, together. Verse 41, uh, who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am He. The coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and come. Everyone helps his neighbor, and each says to his brother, Be strong! The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith, and he who smooths with the hammer, him who strikes the anvil, saying... The, of the soldering, it is good, and they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. I love that picture. He says, okay, all of you, come here. 
Let's have a conference. I am the God of the universe. There is none like me. I am the creator of everything. There is no one who can compare to me. Are you going to compare your idols to me? Come here. We'll gather together and we'll, we'll have a conference, you and me. We'll have a conference. We'll, we'll talk about this. Let's talk about where your hope is, the things that you're trusting in. Let's judge you and me what is right and who is right and who is good and who is strong. Come, let's have a conference. And so everybody's going, oh no. All the peoples all over the world are going, we're going to have to have a conference. It's okay. We can do this. We can do this. You're strong. Strengthen yourself. Did you eat a good breakfast? Did you have your Wheaties this morning? Strengthen yourself. Come on, here we go. Oh, that's no, that's a great idol. You, you have a great idol. They encourage one another. Oh, yeah, polish that thing. Yeah, oh, we've got some great idols. We're gonna, we're gonna, this is gonna be really good. We're gonna, we'll be fine. They come trembling before the Lord and they're like, okay, okay, well, I'm gonna take my idol. I'm gonna nail it down. He says of the soldering, it is good. And they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. Here are these man made things that they have taken. That to see, can we make this as secure as possible so that it will stand, so that it will not fail? Can you imagine God just... That's what you're going to bring? That's what you're going to put your trust in? That's what you're going to hope in? You're going to secure that? You're going to build it, then you're going to secure it so that you can put your hope in that? That's what the nations do. But you, O Israel, my servant, he says in verse 8 of Isaiah 41, but you, O Israel, my servant Jacob, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying, You are my servant, I have chosen you, and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He says, but you... Israel, you, my people, my covenant people, you come here. Because unlike those nations, unlike peoples all over the world that trust their idols, you trust in me, and you don't need to strengthen me like they need to strengthen their idols. You don't need to make sure that I'm secure and steadfast and firm. You don't need to try and prop me up and hold me firm so that I will stand. Instead, if you come to me, I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. You are my people. You are the chosen ones, the ones that I selected. You are the offspring of Abraham. You Back in Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham, and this is what he said in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. 
And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He says, I've taken Abraham, I've made my covenant with him, I have said, I am going to be your God, and I'm going to make you into a great people. I am going to bless you, I am going to protect you, I am going to send you out, and I am going to make you a blessing to all the peoples all over the world. That is my covenant to you. He's contrasting the relationship that the peoples all over the world have with their idols and who his people have with him. He said, There's, I am incomparable. There is no one like me. There is nothing like me. And so when you come to me, I will stand you firm and secure you. You do not need to be afraid. You do not need to be dismayed. He says in Isaiah 41, verse 27. Oh, no, back, sorry, missed 16. Isaiah 41, verse 16. And you shall rejoice in the Lord. In the Holy One of Israel you shall glory. When the poor and needy seek water and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. He says, I am compassionate, I am gracious, you may come to me. Those who are in need, you may come to me. If you are thirsty, come to me, and I will give you something to drink. I will take care of you. Now verse 27, I was the first and behold, here they are, and I give to Jerusalem a herald of good news, but when I look there is no one. Among these there is no counselor who, when I ask, gives an answer. Behold, they are all a delusion. Their works are nothing. Their middle, metal... When I called everybody together, when I said, okay, all of you peoples all over the world, when I called you here, and I asked... Who is there like me? Who is there that will protect you? Who is there that will take care of you? All I got was at least nothing. You had nothing. Have you seen somebody be speechless like that before? They get asked a question. Sometimes this happens on TV. I, I've never had the confidence myself to do it in real life. But they ask a question and the person's like, ah, ah, I, and then they'll go, oh, yeah, ah, ah, ah. They just make fun of him, right? Oh, you got nothing. You got nothing. That, that's what God is, is doing here. He's going, it's, it's just empty wind. It's just empty wind. I, I, hear, your, I hear your mouth moving, but uh, there's nothing coming out. It's just empty wind coming here. You've got nothing. Nothing. My people who trust in me, they've got something. They have me. But everybody else, you've got some polished gold thing, some nailed down wood thing. You've got nothing. You have nothing that you can hope in. But behold, now he's going to make this contrast. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, uh, Isaiah 42, my chosen in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. 
He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says the Lord the God, thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will keep, give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nation. Are blind to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the, the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them all. He says, look, all you people from all over the world, come here. Come here. Come on. Come over here. What have you got? Nothing. You've got empty wind on wood. That's what you've got. Look at what my people have. Look at what my people have. These, these are my servants. Israel, my people is my servant, and this is what they are going to do. Because they have my, been my covenant people, because I made my covenant with Abraham and I said I would bless him, and through all the nations, uh, they would be blessed through him. He said, this is, this is what's going to happen. This is my chosen one, my, in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit on him, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. My people are going to bring forth justice to the nations. They're not going to cry aloud. They're not going to be argumentative or cause all kinds of ruckus or problems. They're not going to make their voices heard out loud in the street. They're going to be gentle and compassionate. They are not going to... Brew, uh, uh, break a bruised reed or uh, extinguish a faintly burning wick. They are going to be gentle. They are going to be compassionate. They are going to bring my blessing to all the people all over the world because I am going to strengthen them and they are going to trust in me. I have given them, he says in verse 6, I love this. I will give you as a covenant for the people a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring prisoners out from the dungeon and out of the darkness, so that people all over the world may know that I am the Lord and there is no one like me. That's what he says, verse 8. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and the new things I now declare. I will not share my glory with anybody else. I will not share my glory with those pathetic people. Because I am incomparable. And the whole world is going to know it because I'm going to bless my people and they're going to show it and they're going to bring justice and compassion and my grace to the nations. To the whole world. Now, have you ever had it happen that you were expecting somebody to do something, you were wanting someone to do something, and then they didn't follow through on the thing that you asked them to do? It drives me crazy. 
There have been times when I have been on the phone. <sighs> okay. I called the other people, and I had them send the fax to you. Can you go and check your fax machine and confirm that you got it? You did? Okay. You're supposed to send that information now to the other department. Can you do that? Yes, I will hold until that's done. That's done? Okay, great. Can you transfer me to the other department? That'd be great. Hi. Yeah, this is Travis again. Did you get that email that the other department just forwarded to you? You did. Okay, good. Could we move forward with this process now? I'm, having to, I'm paying these people so that I can call them and talk them through their job so that they can do the thing that they were supposed to do that I'm paying them to do. Drives me crazy. If I ask you to do something, if I expect that you are going to do something, that's your job. You get it done. That's all I ask. It's your job. You do it. So, what has happened now? God has said, I am God, there is no other. I have called people to myself. I have blessed them so that they might be a blessing to all nations. And do you think that they did it? No. Isaiah 42, verse 18. Hear you deaf, and look you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as my dedicated one, or blind as the servant of the Lord? He sees many things, but he does not observe them. His ears are open, but he does not hear. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness' sake to magnify his law and make it glorious. But this is a people plundered and looted. They are all of them trapped in holes and hidden in prisons. They have become plunder with none to rescue them or, and spoil with none to say, restore. They were supposed to be bringing justice to the nation. They were supposed to be bringing compassion to the nation. They were supposed to be opening the eyes of the blind and pulling those who were out of prison into freedom. Those who were sitting in the darkness, they were supposed to be dragging out and saying, look at the God that we serve. Look at the hope that we have in Him. And instead, who is blind? My servants. Who is deaf? My servants. Who's in prison? My servants. There is none like me, God says. I am incomparable. Why are you blind and deaf and sitting in the darkness in prison? You're supposed to be spreading hope to the nations. And you're not even keeping hope within yourselves. Why would you abandon me and go grab some gold thing so that you can polish it or nail down some wooden idol? Why would you forsake me and not listen to my words? Isaiah 43. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. 
I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Verse 22 of Isaiah 43. Yet you did not call upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices. Instead, you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. Verse 25. I I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us argue together. Set forth your case that you may be proved right. Your first father sinned, and your mediators transgressed against me. Therefore, I will profane the, the princes of the sanctuary and deliver Jacob to utter destruction and Israel to reviling. Look, instead of honoring me, instead of trusting in me, instead of worshiping me, instead what you have brought me is your sin and your iniquity and your transgressions and you are starting to make me tired. But I am your God and for my own sake I will be your Savior. Isaiah 44, verse 21. Remember these things, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I formed you. You are my servant. O Israel, you are and your sins like men. For I have redeemed you Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, O depths of the earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, O forest and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and will be glorified in Israel. Okay, let's recap. Because we've covered a whole lot of territory. Isaiah chapter 40, God says, There is no one like me. I am the God of the heaven and earth. Isaiah 41, he calls the people from all over the world to him and says, what have you got that compares with me? And they said, what we've got is these shiny things. And he said, no, that's not going to cut it. Look at instead what my people have. Look at what my chosen servant has. My chosen servant is established by me by me so that they might bring my hope, my compassion, my grace, my instruction and law to the world. And then later in 42, he goes, except they're not doing it. Except that they are failing to do the thing that I have set them up to do. And so, 
chapters 43 and 44. I am going to judge them, and I am going to save them. I am going to be their Savior. I am going to redeem them so that they might again sing my praises and glorify me. Now, we go to Matthew. Because in Matthew chapter 11, at the very end of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus calls out and he says, Come to me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, come to me. Are you tired? Are you weary? Are you worn out? Then, like those at the end of Isaiah 40, I will strengthen you and you will rise up with vigor, for even the youths get tired and weary. But come to me and I will give you the rest that you long for, the rest that your body and soul long for. I will strengthen you. Come. Come to me. And at the beginning of Matthew chapter 12, he begins to describe what that looks like. He begins to clarify because the Jews are going, hang on, what are, what are you guys doing on the Sabbath? Don't you know that the Sabbath is a time that we're not supposed to do any work so that we can do these religious observances and we can make ourselves um, acceptable to God? And Jesus says, what are you talking about? I'm not asking you for those sacrifices. I'm telling you about my mercy. I'm telling you about my mercy. And so then in the next episode, they come up to him and they go, really not going to keep the religious observances, huh? Would you heal on the Sabbath? There's a, a guy over there with a shriveled hand. Would you heal him on the Sabbath? You better not do that. And Jesus says, Is it right to do good on the Sabbath? Reach out your hand. And the Pharisees reject him. It says, but the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. We've got to get rid of this Jesus. We have got to get rid of this Jesus. He's teaching people all of these things. He's teaching people that they can just not uh, observe the Sabbath. He's going to lead them astray. You see, what happens when we get Jesus wrong is that we resent him. When we get Jesus wrong, then we resent Jesus. 
When we think that, that Jesus moves us into lawlessness, whatever goes, goes, then we resent him. When we think that Jesus brings religious burdens, then we resent him. When we get Jesus wrong, we resent him. And they resented him. But Matthew wants us to know something about Jesus that is unlike what the Pharisees understand about him. And it is this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. And many followed them, and he healed them all, and ordered them not to make him known. This was what was, this was, what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench, until he brings justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. Now that should sound very familiar. Because we just spent a bit of time looking at that. What was happening at the beginning of Isaiah 42 where Matthew was quoting from? That's where God had called the peoples together and said, Would you look at my servant, my chosen one? Look at what he will do because he is firmed up and blessed by me. My spirit is upon him and he's going to proclaim justice. He is going to be compassionate. He is going to bring grace and hope to the nations. And then they didn't. But Matthew says, but to fulfill that, to do what Israel would not do, could not do, Jesus has come to do it. You see, when God in chapters 43 and 44 of Isaiah said, I will be your God and I will be your Savior, I will take care of your transgressions and your sins and all the things that you have done wrong, when he said, I will do that, he meant it. And so God himself took on flesh and became a man so that he could fulfill what was supposed to be done. That which Israel couldn't do and wouldn't do, Jesus did to fulfill it so that he could complete the covenant with Abraham that through him all people everywhere might be blessed, that through him there might be uh, grace to all peoples. So now he says, in Matthew says, I want you guys to know Jesus is the hope of God for us. He has come to fulfill this. Behold, my servant with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles, the coastlands, the nations, peoples all over the world. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. In fact, when people come breathing murderous threats against him and wanting to attack him, wanting to create conflict, he withdraws from there. He doesn't engage in that. What's he going to do? 
He has been establishing who he is as the messianic king. That's what has been the theme throughout Matthew. And yet he is not going to come in and cause conflict. He is instead going to pull away from the conflict and just bring the clarifying truth of God. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not quench. Now, I I don't have a lot of experience with bruised reeds. But I see an awful lot of grass. And you know how a blade of grass grows like this, but then it gets bent? And then it doesn't stand up straight anymore because it kind of got smashed? What he's talking about here is when, when you get kind of smashed like that, He's not going to break you off. When, when, you, when you feel bruised and battered and broken, he's not going to come in and, and finish you off. He's going to come in and strengthen you, firm you up. Do you know why that's important? Because our temptation is to find something else. Our temptation is to go, you can do it. You can do it. Well, let's encourage one another. Let's find something that, oh, okay, we can open this. Yeah, that's good. And so sometimes that thing is a, a physical thing that we prop up and we make as secure as we can. Sometimes that thing is a financial thing that we prop up and we make it as secure as we can so that I can feel really good about my safety and security because I have propped that up. I have done all I can to nail it down and secure it so that it is there and I can trust that that is going to hold me firm. So when I feel battered and bruised, at least I've got this I can cling to. They might not be physical wooden idols or gold idols that we cling to, that we offer sacrifices and worship to, but they are things like that financial security that we want to go, I'm going to sacrifice everything so that I have this to protect me in case I need it. But Jesus wants us to know that when we feel like a candle that the wick is going out, the wick's gotten really, really low, and the wax has come up too high, and so you're going, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go out, go out. He's not going to blow it out. He's not going to snuff it out. He's going to firm you up, and he's going to strengthen you. It is in fulfillment of all made. All of the things that he said would come true. All of the things that he expected his people to bring that kind of hope to all the nations so that all the nations would be blessed like his people. When they didn't do it, he said, okay, I'll do it myself. And he came so that he could do it himself and he will continue to give rest 
to those who labor and are heavy laden and take their burdens from them and strengthen them until, it says, until he brings justice to victory and in his name the, nation, the Gentiles, the nations, people all over the world will hope. So I know we were supposed to spend our time in Matthew today, but thanks for indulging me as we go back and look at the context of Isaiah. Because I, as I look at God being incomparable, and as I look at his people being special and set aside and not fulfilling all that God said that they would do, that then to see him say, I will be their savior by coming and doing all that I said my people would do, I did myself. So that you and I and people all over the world may have one hope, and that is that Jesus loves you and when you are feeling this big and completely weary, worn down, and overwhelmed, he will strengthen you and firm you up. There is no one like him. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful for your compassion and grace that you blot out our sins and remove our transgressions, that you strengthen us and firm us up when we are tired and when we need the rest. Spirit, so that we might bring that same hope to our family members, to our neighbors, and to people all over the world that they too might glorify you. And we ask for these things in Jesus' name.